Hello and welcome everyone to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing this week's latest episode of Steven Universe, Maximum Capacity. My name is Ken Davis, and hosting uh, with me, as always, are... I'm GC13. And I'm Hunter Allen. Cool. Dakota's not going to be with us this week, but I guess he'll be back next week. He, he did, however, let us know how he felt about the episode. Yeah, so his input will definitely be included. Now, let's just jump right in. There seems to be a big quarrel of whether or not there was a point in which Amethyst was romantically interested in Greg. What are your opinions on that? I do not think so. She, none of what neither do I. None of what she said gave indication that she was resentful over that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. Uh, I couldn't really tell. It seemed open-ended to me. If I had to guess, I'd say maybe it's possible. I really don't have an opinion. I guess. That just doesn't seem amethyst, if, you, if you're getting, you know? Remember what set her off. She got really mad at Greg when he said that he had to be there for Steven. And when she lashed out at Greg, she was mad at him because Rose had always been there for her before she started hanging out with Greg. So she, mm-hmm. she's putting Greg as responsible for her emotional well-being. It's, it's basically like, come on, you owe me. You owe me this. Where the hell do you think you're going? And she's being very manipulative to get him to stay. Yeah, God, now, now that I think about it, man, Amethyst was just brutal. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable watching the scene where she turns into Rose. I was, like, squirming in my seat. You know that feeling you get? A lot of people describe this feeling about when they're, like, watching The Office, when you're watching something awkward on television, and you have so much empathy for, like, the situation that you have to turn it off or leave the room. Everyone gets this, but I definitely had that during that scene. It took all of my willpower to, like, power through it. I remember having that uh, when I was little watching Drake Josh. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I, I feel you. I feel you. It was very uncomfortable. But yeah, that was that was really uncalled for on Amethyst's part. But I mean, Greg made her mad and she saw a way to punish him for it, I guess. I really liked how Greg dealt with it as well. Greg never got upset. He just kind of cowered in his corner. And then when she left, he was just kind of a bit shocked and confused. But he, when he sees her the next day, he like forgives her instantly. Greg's a good guy. Yeah, Greg's a, Greg's a nice guy. I mean, I, I think there's a reason why Rose knew it had to be him who she made Steven with. Right. For that matter, Steven also took it pretty well. I don't know. He. I'm not sure if he understood like the complexities of what was going on. Steven but... seemed pretty pissed when he saw that Rose was using the form of his mother to antagonize Greg. Did he seem upset? Uh, um, I'm not sure if anger is exactly the right word, but that flipped a switch in him somewhere. I mean, you saw he turned the VCR off. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about next. Steven using his wicked powers, man. I felt like that was just an effect, just for, like, the atmosphere. I don't feel like that was actually a display of any superpowers on Steven's part. I mean, it was timed perfectly with when he slammed his eyelids shut, and it wasn't because the tape just happened to end, it was just starting a two-parter. Yeah, I think that was just for aesthetic, dramatic tension building No, they, they, they don't do that. That's... They they don't say oh well this ra- this thing randomly happened just because we needed something cool to happen they're gonna they're gonna call back to that at some point in the series I disagree but we'll see because I mean it's just like when he shut down the water clones I think it's probably something similar to that it's just okay enough of this crap shutting down the water clones is a very clear display of powers that was like front and center of the events of that episode at that point I think that was just a small detail and it's very easy to write that off as just 
attention building, whatever you want to call it. But I don't think that was clearly a display of superpowers. This is not the kind of show that does that, though. They're not going to have him manifest what looks like a superpower and then not do anything with it. It's like they put the Connie's bracelet in the freezer in episode one for crying out loud. Yeah, Steven Universe actions seem a lot more purposeful whenever they're done. I'll be happy to be proven wrong, but I'm not convinced. I will be happy to see you proven wrong. <laughs> okay, now I take it back. I won't be happy to be proven wrong. I'll be mad. <laughs> yeah, only one of us can be happy. I see how it is. <laughs> there can only be. It's like Greg and Amethyst. Only one of them can be happy at a time. First off, I wouldn't say this is my favorite episode, but to describe it, I would say it's. Like, the quintessence of Steven Universe, of being what I wish a lot of episodes were like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I kind of feel you. What do you mean specifically? Um, it being that we get a taste of, like, every character's sort of attitude, and we get a taste of every character's, like, however small. Like, with uh, with Pearl and her How's My Volume. That's a good point. <laughs> that was beautiful. Yeah, that was pretty good. And you get mixed in that casual nonsense and silliness of, like, uh, how we had with... Petey? Petey, that's it. With uh, Petey and Steven just rambling about. and But you also get buried deep beneath it this impactful story that it's trying to tell. And I think that was that was really good. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I think I kind of hammered this in in the last episode, but I'm into the show primarily just for those little character bits, the things that kind of make your heart melt. And the Pearl joke with her, how's my volume? That was a really good example of that. So everything up until the really dramatic segment of this episode was really working for me. And the drama was really just icing on the cake. Yeah, I agree with you. This is a very good example of what Steven Universe is at its core. Oh, no, I still prefer, I still think Tiger Millionaire is a better Amethyst episode, but, <laughs> but man, Amethyst is a big fat meanie zucchini sometimes. They, they're they really fleshing out Amethyst as like be, being very dimensional. It's, it's getting there. Yeah, they added character here, but it just made her seem like a jerk. Well, make her mm -hmm. seem like a jerk isn't, it's like an understatement. She was being a terrible, terrible person or terrible gym, I guess. But I, I think that's working towards a sort of bigger picture of making them seem just a little more human than they let on. Yeah. I mean, Pearl, Pearl's been getting her neuroses ever since. I mean, it was big time in an indirect kiss. But, I mean, wow, it was big time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but now Amethyst's emotional neediness is coming more into focus. Am Amethyst is definitely becoming, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say she's my favorite gem, but she's definitely becoming one of the more interesting. I'm starting to like her less and less, the more character development yeah. we get, actually, but. See, you should still like her. should have stuck with the Pearl life. Pearl life forever, man. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm living up here on Garnet Mountain. Yeah, I still say Garnet's my favorite. Yeah! Uh, yeah. So we also have a lot of implications of what happened before Stephen was even born. Uh, this, this leads a question. Greg was good friends with Amethyst. Yep. And Greg was obviously very, very close with Rose. I, I want to know how they met now. I'm, I'm very curious. Didn't they meet at a concert or am I remembering? Something incorrectly. He he talked about um, how he would like throw these concerts and Rose would be the only one. Well, no, that was the only that was that was one time in Beach City. He threw a concert in Beach City and only Rose showed up. As far as how he met Amethyst, I just I just assumed that Rose introduced them. I mean, they seem to have similar taste in television. That's true. <laughs> That'd be cool to have like a blast from the past episode. See Greg with all his hair. <laughs> I think he was still bald when Stephen was born because he was bald in that. uh videotape in line three 
This makes you wonder how old Greg is, but... Old enough to not be very confident that he'll still be around in 50 years. Uh, well, that's true. I don't know, I'm looking at the video now, he's got an awful lot of hair in that, uh, Lion 3 video. Uh, does he? I thought he was bald. My bad. I mean, I, I think he's got a receding hairline, but I don't know if he's got a comb over or something hiding it, but he does look like he has a fair amount on top of his head. Mm. <laughs> Random things. I really thought that background art was on point in this episode. It's probably not any better than it normally is, but it was really appealing to me just seeing the town. I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. Again, I don't know that it was anything special, but it really stood out to me in particular this episode. I did like we got to see more of the businesses on that street. That 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 was kind of neat. At some point, I was thinking about going through and actually taking screen captures of it. Also, I want to know where I can get a copy of Passion of Xanor. Yeah, I mean, that looks like some <laughs> top-notch stuff. So, yeah, Greg's always like him, liked him, his big alien babes. Oh, that's a good point. I hadn't considered that. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's rad. Yeah, it fits into his very specific fetish. <laughs> so you have to wonder, did he get that before or after he met Rose? Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, you think he was just sitting around one day, like, reading all of his alien books, like, I'm going to die in this town, never having met an alien babe. <laughs> and then in walk the crystal gems. And he's so excited that he tears the top of his hair off. <laughs> yes. It all makes wow. perfect sense. And then they went to an amusement park, and she was too tall for the roller coaster. Yep, and then Alexandrite introduces him to Rose. Yep, it all makes sense. Yes, that, 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 that's, that's the new canon, or fanon. I really liked how Garnet looked in the jacket. I thought that was cool. Cool dad, yeah. I love how Pearl looked in the sweater. That was... That was awesome. That was lovely. I mean, I know it's I know it's a stupid thing to have been looking forward to, but ever since that ever since that teaser clip in in the Spanish line, in Spanish was released with the crystal gems wearing their sweaters, I'm like, oh, is this gonna be it? Is this gonna be it? I think because I called it then. I think it's gonna be maximum capacity because they said that you know they would disappear for days watching that show, and I'm like, what else is about a show? It's got to be maximum capacity, but it yeah, finally yeah. came. Yeah, yeah. And then Pearl asked how her volume was, and it was epic. Yeah, so adorbs. Adorbs. She's adorable. <laughs> I'm I'm looking back at uh, the past few episodes, and I think that we can safely assume that pretty soon, um, I heard that the next one is going to be pretty important, but I can assume within the next few episodes we're going to get one, which are honestly one of my favorites, uh, like Garnet's Universe, that are just silly, and I'm really looking forward to another episode like that. You, you never saw the leaked episode synopses? No. Oh, well, you're, you're going to have a great episode coming up at some point here before the season ends. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I never saw that either. Yeah, it was crazy. Car they, they slipped them up onto Cartoon Network for a few hours one day. Oh, really? And they, they've all turned out to be true. A few, few episodes were named different, like Fusion Cuisine was listed as Fusion Crime. And the upcoming episode, Rose's Scabbard, was named Rose's Secrets. Oh, what was the Fusion Cuisine one called? Fusion Crime. That's what it Fusion Crime. Yeah, I know. That was awesome. Sounds like a cool noir film. Mm. So what, Al Alexandrite and uh, trench coat wearing a fedora? <laughs> you, you know, from an era back when fedoras are normal. She walked into my office, tall as the moon. She was too tall to ride. <laughs> tall as the moon and probably from it. <laughs> Okay, so somebody's got to write that fanfiction now. Please don't. And if you do, please don't send it to us. Or not me. Send it to GC. I'll read it and I'll laugh. 
Dakota made the point that he was curious how Greg felt when Steven lost control of his fusion abilities and cat fingers. I think that's an interesting thing to consider. Yeah, that's that's an interesting like internal struggle to think about. He's just battling between, ah, shoot, this is happening again, but I gotta be a pop, but ah, this is gross, but ah, I gotta be a pop. Right. Have we seen Greg comments on any of Steven's powers before? In cat, um, when he showed him his cat finger, he said, that's a thing you can do now? <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, he didn't really seem that uncomfortable with it, as far as I recall. That's because Steven's using it in a very different way than Amethyst. Yeah. But even in this episode, early on, when Amethyst turns into her wrestler persona, whatever the name of that was, he's immediately, like, knock it off Amethyst. Yeah. I think that might go back to, because Greg, uh, someone pointed out that Greg kept referring to what Amethyst was doing as, um, like, not again. Or, I know you're doing you it. Do yeah, I know you're doing it. I'm not going to let you do this to me again. Of uh, Maybe that's just the lasting implications of what Amethyst did to him before. Right. Yeah. Maybe this is just a repeat. Yeah, it would have to be. And that's just why he hates shape-shifting so much. Because of how Amethyst chooses to use it. Man, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Turning into Rose is pretty cold. Send a shiver down my spine. <laughs> I really like Greg's sign, his <laughs> summer wax special yeah. sign with his sunglasses. So good. Yeah. <laughs> I just like how cheesy everything Greg does is. His cool dad jacket. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I want Greg to be my pop. They call me Mr. Universe. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want Greg as a father. That'd be pretty freaking cool. It would be. I wonder if back when he was making that video, Greg ever wondered how might his life turn out as a result of this decision. I wonder if he ever feels like he made the wrong like decision. That. That's an interesting to that's interesting to think about. He was a touring musician, apparently not a very successful one, if only Rose chose to show up at his concert. I mean, did he really give anything up to raise Steven? Did he have a choice to not raise Steven? Crystal Gems probably wouldn't feel too upset at him if he just let upset with him if he j just let them take care of raising Steven. I don't think he could live with himself for doing that, but I mean, yeah. I think he had the option. That's been what I've seen, like, the assumed consensus of... There's been a lot of, like, fan art and fan comics of the gems trying to raise Steven. You can't forget about Greg. Like, Greg, if, as we see, plays a big part in Steven's life. He's, he's important. I'm guessing he raised him. I'd assume as much. And the gems are sort of trying to fill in the gaps now that he's older. Or even before. Yeah. Yeah, it's a dynamic I'd be very curious in, like, how Steven ended up living with the gems as opposed to Greg. I hadn't really thought about it too much, but I guess my implicit assumption had always just been that the Crystal Gems just kind of took Steven from Greg. But I guess looking back on it, Greg has far too little animosity towards them for that to have been the case. I'd imagine that there just came a point where they were like, all right, Steven is old enough to where he needs to start learning how to be a Crystal Gem. And so they just took him in, had him start living in the temple like the gems would do. Yeah, that is a that is a good question. How long had he been living there in his room by the temple when Gem Glow started out? Because he seems to really still be hero-worshipping the crystal, crystal gems right at the beginning of the series. He doesn't hero-worship them nearly as much now that it's like almost a year later in the series. Yeah, I, I hadn't noticed that before. He, he was very um, sort of like glassy-eyed about the gems, you know, just these magical, heroic beings that he was one day supposed to become, and now that he's gotten used to them. That's interesting. But it, but also, I, I'm not sure, because, you know, like, Garnet shows such love towards Steven. I can't imagine that he wouldn't have been as familiar before. I don't know. Yeah, one of the, just one of the many unanswered questions.
Speaking of it being a year later in the series, it appears as if PD has grown a little bit. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but... Yeah, yeah, people have been saying that. He looks a little taller, and they, they definitely talk like boring adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks, it looks like PD's uh, thinking that having the job's not so bad now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he gets to wash the ketchup bottles three times, so... I mean, it's an odd number. They're odd more clean, you know. Cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to know that nobody in that family is normal. <laughs> I bet his dad just has like dark secrets. Like, well, you know how attached he was to Frybo. That that is that's not natural. Oh God, <laughs> Frybo, the son I always wanted. Yeah, you can just imagine him sitting up late at night talking and carrying on a one-sided conversation with Frybo. Uh, it's like the movie Tusk, but he just changes people into Fryman. <laughs> oh my gosh, why? Uh. So Frybo, <laughs> I was thinking about changing up the seasoning recipe. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, I won't change it, I won't change it. <laughs> this here's ketchup. Bon appetit, Monsieur Freibel. Petey points out that the fireworks are being put on by Mayor Dewey, and I'm just going to call it now, my personal prediction, Mayor Dewey is going to be a villain. I can see it. What? Mayor Dewey, the paragon of Beach City? How dare you insinuate <laughs> that such a great man could ever turn heel? You're right, it was ridiculous. Clearly, all politicians are incapable of doing bad things. And Ocean Gem, he was out there. He was trying to refill the ocean with his tears, using only the hose only to drink from. <laughs> Mayor Dewey is a devoted man. Mayor Dewey the saint. I'm sorry, Mayor Dewey. I should never have doubted you. You have to wonder, does anybody even run against Dewey? Or they're like, come on, just, just this is all he has. Let him have this. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. <laughs> don't mess with the Dewey system. Yeah. <laughs> well played. Yeah, I, don't, I can see Mayor Dewey being, like, maybe a two- or three-part episode villain. Yeah. I, I can't see him being, like, a huge, playing a huge major role, but... Yeah, I can definitely see him coming into the cogs later on. You know, just as things settle down, he becomes part of a new little subplot. He's too much of a too much of a dingus to be a serious issue. I don't know. Uh, the gems could maybe like cause some too much of damage. He gets fed up, and like, "Hey, get out of my city!" Oh, yeah, I think we have that coming up. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Sweet. I'm just saying, I think we might get something like that. Well, now I'm excited. It's a Dewey in the USA. Nothing. Come on. All you need to know is Weird Al parodied it into Party in the CIA, and it's an awesome, awesome parody. <laughs> okay. That, that seems, not to put down the show, but that definitely seems like a predictable way to go. And I think it is the way they might go. It seems like an easy point to make and an easy way to facilitate more um, interesting story. Like, what would the gyms do if they couldn't come back to the temple? Would they even abide by Mayor Dewey's rules? I, I, I think that they are way out of Mayor Dewey's jurisdiction because the temple was there long before the city was ever there. Yeah. Yeah. But with Steven Universe and plot lines that could easily go predictable, usually they find a way to do it different. I'm proud of you, Steven Universe. <laughs> <laughs> we should also talk about Little Butler, the show itself. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like a show that would actually come on. I'd watch that show. Yeah, the I, wacky I would totally watch that show. It, it seems great. <laughs> <laughs> Little Butler... You people have too much money. Laugh track. <laughs> yeah, we finally got our episode oh, with a laugh track. <laughs> well, I never. Well, I always. <laughs> that was sincerely funny. Yeah. That oh, was good. little B. So do you think that Amethyst had that in her gem the whole time? 
Or do you think she genuinely found it, like, right away when she went to the back of the storage unit? I never even considered that possibility. Yeah, I uh, hadn't thought of that. Because, I mean, she loves the show, and she sure did find it awful quick. I mean, they're talking about a photo of Rose, and she wants them to shut up about it. So, oh, hey, look what I found. I think she kept it. I don't know. She's probably looking for it, if nothing else. So I mean, I, I just suspect. It's, I don't know if we'll ever find out for sure, but I have a, I have a hunch. But yeah, Little Butler was was very amusing, and they they said they said what influences they had for the show. God, what was that old What was that old show? He said the show was an unholy mix of Mr. Belvedere and Webster. That's it. That's it, Mr. Belvedere. That's what I was thinking of. Little Butler, that's you. It's a catchy song. <laughs> now we have yet another. Yet another Steven analog. Steven is Dogcopter, Steven is Little Butler. I mean, who else is going to be a stand-in for Steven? <laughs> I guess I didn't consider that either. Another good point. There's been a lot of talk, and I know you guys touched on it quickly on uh, last podcast, about the Uncle Grandpa Steven Universe crossover. I would be... Uh, I would be angry about it, but if the Steven Universe writers have anything to do with it, I think it's going to be all right. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know how they're going to do it. I think they're going to do it. I don't know how. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's a bad decision. I, I don't see how storyline-wise they can tie in. I don't see how concept-wise they can tie well, in. Well, remember, they have Rose's room, and Uncle Grandpa is a reality warper. So if it took place in Rose's room where, you know, it creates reality, that would actually make sense. Other than that, it could also be a Garnet's Universe-style story of, oh, and this is how it would be if I could watch my favorite TV show again. <laughs> okay, that that I'd be that I'd be pretty fine with. That because let's be honest, Steven is like the target audience for Uncle Grandpa. Yeah, who knows? Could be good. Could be. I did like how in this episode you're kind of led to believe that it's going to be about Steven being resentful and or, or upset at Greg about Greg not spending enough time with him or disappointing him by not showing up to the fireworks. But then it ends up being so much more than that. Yeah. Just another example of uh, Steven Universe being subversive. Yeah, they're always keeping us guessing. I love that about him. I thought this was going to be about Steven, you know, learning to kind of let go when his father finally decides to move on, you know, start hanging out with Amethyst. Or as it was yeah. Amethyst. You know, Steven was fine. Amethyst is the one who's still carrying baggage, and I just I just love that they're always throwing me curveballs. Yeah, exactly. It'll definitely be interesting to see how Amethyst grows. Because I don't think she's I don't think she's put all this behind her yet. I mean, Greg was all ready to clear out the storage shed before Amethyst did it for him, but how does she do it? By hoarding it all on his behalf. So that is true. he <laughs> has let go of the past. She's still holding on to it. She's sorry for what she did, but she is not ready to move past the damage that caused her to lash out yet. That, that might come up later. You know, like Steven's junking around in Amethyst's room and they find some of Greg's old stuff and Amethyst is like treasuring it. Built up a little shrine. <laughs> hey Arnold style. This is my Greg shrine. This is my play Greg. Hello Greg. <laughs> it's made out of pieces of gum Greg chewed. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never leave me Greg. <laughs> no, if it was going to be, uh, oh, what, what would Greg have a lot lying around that she could make a, make a statue out of? Dirty magazine. With a uh, big alien woman in him? Yes, of yes. course. The muscular, she likes the, he likes the muscular types. Just a couple more things I wanted to get in here. So I guess ratings, 1.969 million viewers. 
pretty good, putting them in second place for this week. It's a little bit lower than we had last week, but the position is like three places up. I think last week it was in fifth place. Yeah. So what was, what, what was first place? It's always Team Titans go. It's every always? every God, single time. It's a good episode too. I liked it. Yeah, I, d- I didn't catch anything but Steven this week. I, I keep meaning to watch Adventure Time, but somehow I just don't make the time. I gotcha. Adventure Time's getting a movie. I don't know if it's going to be in theaters. But... Yeah, they said it was a theatrical release. Oh, really? Wow, wow. that's cool. I'll see that. And uh, regular show's getting a movie, too, so I think Steven Universe has a bright future ahead of it. Steven Universe movie. Now, that would be awesome. Yeah. Calling it now. It's going to happen. Oh, uh, I hope so. I'd imagine they'd have to do it as like a finale type thing. Yeah. You know, like they, they couldn't just create their own plot, build it up within the two hours and then resolve mm-hmm. it in the two hours. They'd have to Star Wars managed. Built upon what they've already done. Yeah. I mean, every anime ever manages to do it. But. So many, so many movies. I mean, just Star Wars is the first that comes to mind because I'm a Wars geek, but so many movies managed to intro- build a world and make a story out of it in two hours with no prior setup at all. All right. But uh, all right. but speaking of the movie having to be the finale, it made me think about how Steven Universe is a kind of show where the writers really have to know that whatever season is the last one is the last one. They have to know so they can wrap everything up. Otherwise, it'll just be crazy. Yeah, there's going to be an end. There has to be. Well, I mean, not even necessarily. They could just get to a point where the actual plot is resolved and they just do slice of life episodes. And that'd be fine with me because I like that stuff. I mean, you have a universe scale civilization. There's always going to be new plot somewhere. Yes, true. I mean, somewhere there's going to be something interesting happen that can intrude upon Steven's life or more likely he would be the one intruding onto it. He's like the peacemaker. Yeah. Uh, last thing I wanted to mention was that this was written and storyboarded by Hillary Florido, Katie Mitroff, and Rebecca Sugar. Yep. Nice. Whenever you see, uh, whenever you see Rebecca Sugar in the conductor's seat, you know you're getting a ride on the feels train. For show. What has the what have the other two have the other two storyboard storyboarded before? But yeah, this was the this was the exact same team that did Alone Together, and then without Ms. Nice. Sugar, they did the test. Very good, very good. I'll expect good things from that. Hillary Florido is uh quite a cutie. <laughs> Let me see. She also storyboards for um uh regular show. Oh yeah, she's she is a cutie. I know, right? <laughs> Next week's gonna be huge. What's the name of the episode? Marble Madness. Okay. I have two words for you. Giant Parabot. Ooh, boy. Ooh, boy. Super excited. (laughs) All right. You guys want to sign out? Yeah. I'm GC13. I'm Ken Davis. (laughs) And I'm Hunter Allen. And we will see you next week. Later, kiddos. Bye. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit UniversitySpire.com. Thank you for listening. bunch of grown men talking about cartoons and if you think that's weird well i've got some bad news we're going to talk about the show known as steve
then you never speak, cause it's really cool.